I'm going to read from Isaiah 54, another couple passages that, that speak in the same vein to that. I'm sorry, I, I switched it up over there, but this is what I felt the Lord gave me here. So in Isaiah 54, verse 7, it says, starting there, For a brief moment I deserted you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In overflowing anger for a moment, I hid my face from you. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore to the, that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So I have sworn that I will not be angry with you and will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. So the reason why I read that is at different places where we look at the, the word covenant, there is a word in the Hebrew that is connected with that or used with that, and that word is hasad. And it means steadfast and unfailing. Now, isn't that good to know? I just like, like the passage that Kathy read there. He just makes it so obvious. If you guys can count the stars, if, if I can do away with, you know, if, if, the, if, if you can measure the, the depths of the earth, if you can do these things, then, you know, my covenant will be no more. But that's not what he says. He says that it's impossible. Because it's impossible, you know that I'm trustworthy, that I'm faithful. One of my favorite movies that I like is Lord of the Rings. And in that, every time I watch it, there's always a little something that jumps off at the page. And so, just briefly, there's a scene where Gollum is talking with Frodo. And they're, they're having a kind of vibrant discussion. And Frodo says to him, there's no promise that you can make that I can trust. I'm so thankful that that is not true of God. To the contrary, to the contrast of that, every promise that he makes Every word of his word in the Bible, every jot and tittle will not pass away. Even though heaven and earth will pass away, his word will not pass away. <clears throat> so as we, we take another step forward here in uh, looking at covenant, I prayed and uh, it was interesting what the Holy Spirit brought to my mind. I thought I was going to go one way and this is said, no, this is what I want you to do. So the last time when David spoke, David Kreuter spoke on covenant, he had a question and answer period at the end. And Phil Motter, good old Phil, he raised the question, what's next? Where do we go from here? So that's the thing that, that I, I want to speak to. And, and so 
Uh, one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm just going to uh, replay, if you will, re- review, if you will, some snippets, not sound bites, some snippets of what David had shared on that Sunday. And so one of the things that he said at the outset, which I really appreciate, and that sometimes I, I if I were to admit, I, it's very easy to do. And so he, he talked about his, his understanding of Scripture there for a time uh, was a checklist. Yep, agreed, not a problem. Just go down the checklist with what I believe and what the Scriptures say. And then he used another word. The word was seep. To take different words and, and to allow the Scriptures to do their transforming work in our heart. Sometimes when we hear something familiar, I don't know how it does, but it just kind of goes to this column of checklist. And God was saying, no, I want to bring it back to seep with the purpose of transformation. And so the goal of today, what I want to share with you, there's several things that I want to do. First of all, I want to inspire awe and wonder in the God of this covenant that we are in covenant with. Secondly, I want to inspire vision and expectation about being transformed. Because it's one thing if I say something, but when God says something, his words are in a whole nother trajectory, another, his words are spirit in their life. That's what they do. They create, they transform. So my goal, my prayer today is that when you hear through this message, and I just want to encourage you because God took me back to the service. When we come together on a Sunday morning, there is a whole treasure trove of different things that the Lord is doing in the service. And I just want to invite you, if you get an opportunity, to go back, pray over, and say, God, highlight some of the other things that are going on. There's no way we're going to take it all in in one sitting. It just isn't going to happen. And so the other thing I want to inspire is vision of how you see yourself going forward. One of the things in in Galatians chapter 4, towards the end of that chapter, um, Paul makes an illustration between the free woman and the bond woman. And the, the, the one who is a slave to the law, there's no life there. And the one who is free has liberty. And he uses a phrase there in in that illustration in Galatians 4. And and the the phrase is, children of promise. Now that should encourage you that there is a future. There is a hope. There is a definitive plan. There is a purpose. It's It's not just surviving. If God says you're children of promise... There's an expectation that he has. And again, one of the things that I really appreciated, I'm not a techie person, but he talked about Google Maps. And then he, he, he talked about, I, I, 
he talked about, you know, when, when God working with a person and uh, he, he used the illustration of the Google Maps of going from a point A to point B and then Google Maps, they show all these alternative routes. And he says, that's not the way God works. What I'm saying is that God does not give up on you. He does not give up on me. When we come to him in this partnership, he is chosen, if you look at the word covenant, he is chosen to bind himself, to bound himself to us. So on the one hand, you have God who is here. And on the other hand, you have, well, us who is here. But him knowing that, we knowing that, he still has chosen to bind himself to us. He's chosen not only to fulfill and to lead us into his plan of life, children of promise, but he's also chosen to shoulder the consequences, which he did at the cross, if and when, and we do, break our end of the bargain. What kind of a deal is that? Well, for us, that's great. So the, in the, the idea with the Google Maps, instead of all these alternate routes, I would suggest that those, maybe those alternate routes are, are wondering. Maybe not God's alternative plan, but our wondering, our understanding of, there's another way. Just think of Abraham. Just think of Aja, uh, Jacob, the, some of the Old Testament characters that he cited and how God brought them through where they, we're going to make it, we're going to make it. No, he didn't. But that wasn't the end of the story. How they chose something lesser. And again, the children of promise. We have the opportunity to get back up and to enter into and to live into and to pray into, I should say, pray into, to live into, and to expand our horizons of the greater, of which God has bonded us himself to, to, to be, make that a reality, to bring that about. So, I'm sure most of us here, I don't know about some of the little ones, can relate to running a three-legged race. Anybody ever fall in a three-legged race? Anybody ever get hurt in a three-legged race? <laughs> okay. So, you know that they have to, if you're going to win that race, you're going to have to run together. So when we fall, God does just not drag us across the line like this. He invites us to get up, get up. Come on, I'm with you. I'm not abandoning you. Get up. We see that in so many different characters throughout the Old and New Testament. God wants us to get up and he wants us to run across the line with him. Wasn't it... Uh, at, G at Jenny's uh, memorial service about that song, Running the Race. Get set, I'm a running. 
God knows. God knows we're going to fall down. But we don't have to stay there. And again, it's not that he drags us along, but, but that he wants us to run across the finish line with him. And even when that goes into heaven, it doesn't stop there. It's for eternity. Think about Ephesians where it says that in the ages to come, he's going to continue to show. This, this is just moving off the starting line. There is, there is all this. Children of promise. Children of promise. So, one of the phrases that, again, David used that the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me get out of, I mean, he just took me back. One of the phrases that David mentioned was, we're invited into. So, it's one thing if Donna says, hey, it's supper time, get in the house. Okay, I get that. It's food. It's another thing when when God invites, he, he just doesn't yell out the window. But he, he calls us to himself. In Psalm 23, verse 5, it says, he seats us at his table. And I have to believe it's more than just stuffing our face. It is. But what is it stuffed with? It's stuffed with things from his heart that he wants to tell us about who he is and how he wants us to relate to him. In this community of love, which was another thing that David really did a great job on talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, this community of love. When we sit down at that table, we're coming into this community of intense, dedicated, purposeful, steadfast Love that knows no bounds. That's the table that we're sitting at. How can that not transform us if we just take a moment or two or more and let that seep in? So part of what I have to do, I have to quiet my spirit and say, God, I am crying out to you. One of the things... In what I like, I'll say it again. Proverbs is one of my favorite books. In Proverbs chapter 2, there's a great example of, of what, that, what that looks like. He says, if you cry out for understanding, if you lift up your voice, it's saying, let it out, be expressive. If you receive my words, if you hide them, if you bend your ear, that whole section about those first five words is just one of how it, you know, of intentionality and purpose, and not going to settle for less. And, we, and the good news is that we're not doing it with a lost cause that we won't find him, because he says, you will find me, and you will see that I have set, laid up for you sound wisdom. So that sound wisdom is the right application of what God tells us about who he is, and what he's partnered with us, and what he wants us to partner with him into. So, 
as I, as I looked at this word covenant and saw that, well, it's a legal bond. It's binding. There's different places in Scripture that would support that. Um, but while it's legal, it's not legalistic. Boy, isn't that good? It's rooted in love. So think about the fact that, you know, when the children of Israel came out to the Mount Sinai and they were instructed, don't touch the mountain, don't do this. And, or if you do, you're going to die. Moses is invited up onto the mountain. We see in Exodus... Uh, we see in Exodus where God, where Moses established a tent of meeting. And it says that, that when Moses entered that tent, the cloud came and that God spoke with Moses like a friend, like a friend, face to face. What is true of Moses is true of us. Let's think about that for a minute. Who Moses is and what he did but we have access to enter that, that same tent of meeting to sit down and to behold God and to hear what's on his heart. And then Joshua, there's just one verse after that, it says, well, he went in the tent, but he didn't come out. Well, I would have been loved to have been a fly on the wall there. But it is, it just says something about, I'm meeting with you and, I'm not, and he didn't come out. What a statement. That's the heart that I want to have for us to have every day. That we meet with him and I'm not coming out. Oh yes, we go to work and that. But to have that awareness that wherever we go, we're walking in that community of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and I'll tell you what, when you're in that environment... That is a life-transforming environment, not only in here, but in the place of our work, every place we, we go, every place and what we set our hand to. It's no wonder that Joshua and Caleb, when they had opportunity to go into the promised land, we can do this because it was already happening in here. And God said to them, just as I was to Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. And he told them, don't tremble. Don't be dismayed. Why? Because I'm going to be with you. And he repeats it four times. I don't mind when God repeats himself. But I want to be able to, okay, he's making a point. I want to lock in onto it. I want, I want to be a part of that. So Abraham cuts a covenant, makes a covenant with God. And in James, what does it say about Abraham? He was a friend of God. In the New Testament, Jesus choosing his disciples and him knowing all the things that are going to be going on with them, he chooses them. And... Uh, There's a scripture in John 15, starting at verse 15, where he says, 
I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Why? Because a servant doesn't know what the master's up to. I've disclosed all these things to you. And then he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should bear fruit that will remain, fruit that will last. That's good stuff. It reminds me of a song a while back that was playing, <coughs> excuse me, on the radio. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. And it's that same love that when we have the tendencies to wander, that draws us, that draws us back to him. So I wanted to say a word about God, um, what we're invited into. I wanted to say a word about who we're invited into and what we're invited into. And so a familiar passage in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says he's called us, he's called us, he's invited us to his own glory and excellence. You know, I, I talked about earlier about not getting, not get God wanting to drag us along. He wants us to be excellent. That whatever we do, he wants us to be excellent at it. He wants to be good at it. He just doesn't want us to say, oh, well, that's good enough. No. And it's not a thing of having to. It's a thing of wanting to. And just like Jesus, he did only these things that he did to please the Father. That's the driving heart behind it. And... And one of the things that David, again, what he talked about was God's, God's love in establishing the covenant is what drives the whole story from Genesis to Revelation. So think for a minute in... Uh, as if we go through Second uh, Peter chapter 1, there's a place where it says, for this very reason add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and it goes on. And I've, I've always taken that for myself, that this is what God says, this is, this is how your path forward to transformation. But think about the fact that when he's saying that, this is who the Godhead is. Virtue, excellence, he's knowledge, he's steadfastness, he's, he's all of those things. So when he gives us that, he's saying, this is who I am. And this is what I want you to be a partaker of. So it's not just, it's not just us being a, uh, an audience, it's us being intentional participants in this covenant. And that, and that when we do, when we do fall, that's not the end of the story. Because 
Where sin abounded, it says in Romans 5, where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. And in the, even in the scripture reading that was shared last uh, two weeks ago from 2 Corinthians 3, it says that as we behold him, we are changed from glory to glory. So looking into who he is and whatever he speaks and says about who he is in that environment of love, and for different ones, he'll use different words. But when we allow those words, those things that he expresses to us, when we open up our heart and meditate on them and allow them to seep in, they will transform. We don't have to be frustrated. But for us, it's like, I will not be satisfied with nothing less because there is only one thing that satisfies and like the psalmist David says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts after you, God. <clears throat> when I first came down here, I had this desire when I first came down here and I knew that God had gotten my attention to bring me down here. It was, God, I don't want to miss a thing you have for me. That's, that kind, that's the hunger and thirst that I'm talking about. So focused that whatever you say to me, I don't want to miss it. And I want to receive what the, the purpose is for what you're saying. I want to walk in it. I want to live in it. I want to abound in it. So I just want to say in closing here that when Jesus was talking with his disciples and he gave them his authority, he was commissioning that, again, uh, going back to what David said, they, the disciples, were new Elijahs, they were new Moses to take on, to go in and do what he did. And it brings, to mind my, it brings to my mind the scripture from Daniel 11, 32. The last part of that verse says, the people that know their God will do mighty exploits. But it begins, it begins here with God allowing him to seep in her heart the, the things Seep, what a word. <laughs> it works. But to, but to think on, to dwell on those things and let them do their work. They're like no other words. The words in this book were not meant to stay on the page. They were meant to go in here and transform. Wow. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for who you are, for your goodness, 
for your steadfastness, for your faithfulness to each one of us, day in and day out. And that even when we wander, God, you don't abandon us, but you pursue us. You love us. You didn't take an alternate route. You didn't take a plan B. You chose to work with us, to mature us, to grow us up, to know you, the God of our salvation, to know you, the God of the new and better covenant, and have seated us with you so that we could hear what's on your heart, so that we could behold you, that we could be changed. Father, we set our fix on you, our eyes on you again this day. Take us forward. Take us forward. And Father, stir our hearts that every day there are new things to pray over with expectation to pray into and then to live into and to excel in. Father, by your Holy Spirit and by your exceeding great and precious promises, let this become a reality. And we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.